Welcome guys, today we're talking about how to train like a conditioning biased athlete. So once you have the body, the lean body mass and the strength to handle the loads of CrossFit, then CrossFit becomes about who can endure. 80% of the sport is testing fast aerobics and those events are about 12 minutes in length and about 300 contractions over that 12 minutes. So relative to other strength sports like powerlifting, weightlifting, strongman, bodybuilding, CrossFit is an absolute marathon. And so once you're strong enough, then it becomes about de-emphasizing strength and power uh, because we tend to retain it very well and become a conditioning athlete. And so who should train like a conditioning biased athlete? Well, the first question is, are you big enough? So for females, you're looking at 130 to 160 pounds at 14 to 16% body fat. For males, you're looking at 190 to 220 pounds and eight to 10% body fat. So that is the structure that is needed based upon past CrossFit Games athletes. Second question is, are you strong enough? So for females, snatch of 175 and a clean and jerk of 225. For males, snatch of 285 and a clean and jerk of 335. Those are the standards for competing at the highest level of the sport. And so if you're listening to those numbers and you're thinking, okay, well, I, I am either very close to that or I'm in that range or I'm even above that range, then I would strongly consider training like a conditioning biased athlete. And here's what that means. So your training program is going to be based upon fast aerobics. So fast aerobics, because it makes up 80% or more of the competition, is going to be your top training priority. And you're gonna train that as frequent as you can recover from. So if your performance in fast aerobic benchmarks, like that can be a 10 minute assault bike, it can be something a little bit longer, 50, 40, 30, 20, 20 assault bike row, it can be uh, Miko Salos, a triangle test. If you are performing and your performance is improving in those fast aerobic benchmarks, then that's a pretty good indicator that you're recovering well and you should keep going. So what does it mean by how, to, how do you train fast aerobics? Well, it's mainly gonna be intervals in both your cyclical work and your mixed work, your Metcons. So your working interval length is gonna be anywhere from 30 seconds to five minutes. And the reason for that is anything longer than five minutes, it becomes difficult to replicate the paces that you need for the sport. So your five minute interval pace is about your 20 minute race pace. Your 30 second interval pace is about your four minute race pace. So you can see that range four minutes to 20 minutes. And those are the paces that you need for the sport. As far as your work-rest ratio, you're gonna be anywhere from one to two to one. So you're gonna maintain these really aerobic work-rest ratios. And then as far as other guidelines, you're gonna use cyclical modalities the further you out you are out from your next competition. So the great thing about cyclical work is it's concentric-based. Cyclical meaning you're just using a machine and that will mean less muscle damage, less fatigue, similar physiological adaptations a little bit less specific, but if you're far out from competition, it'll do a lot to preserve your tissues and give you a nice long career. So best practice number one is as frequent fast aerobics as you can recover from. 
Principle number two is use lots of slow aerobics to promote recovery. So I'm a huge fan of hiking and walking for this because when you are often getting out of the gym, which promotes a lot of great recovery processes, you're disconnecting, you're unplugging from your phone, you are getting in a fractal environment, you're getting sun. So there are lots of great things that are promoting recovery when you're outside of the gym, when you're walking or you're hiking. So it's a great recovery modality. And it's also very low fatigue. It's very hard to overdose steps per day. And if you're a conditioning biased athlete, that's definitely a number that I would pay attention to. And honestly, just try to get it as high as possible. Okay, other modalities I like for this are biking or stepping. If you're going to be inside the gym, I'm not wild about rowing or skiing for this because you're doing fewer higher tension contractions and that's going to mean more muscle damage and potentially upper body fatigue as well, which can get in the way of your upper body muscle endurance training, uh, which you're gonna be doing frequently if you're a conditioning biased athlete. Okay, next best practice is Olympic lifting. And you're gonna keep that to zero to two top sets per week. Same thing for your squat bench deadlift. You're gonna keep those to zero to two top sets per week. Now, that is a lot less than most competitive CrossFitters, even if they are conditioning biased, that's a lot less than most of them are doing. So why do I recommend that? Well, in my experience and in the literature as well, the concurrent training effect becomes more and more pronounced the more advanced you get. What does that mean? It means that the more aerobic training you do, the more strength and power adaptations are attenuated or lessened. So the more conditioning work you're doing, which again, remember principle number one, you're doing as frequent fast aerobics as possible, that is gonna drive your contraction volume up, up, up. It's gonna drive your fatigue up, up, up. And it makes it really hard to get more strong and more powerful. So often CrossFitters are doing way more than two top sets per week in both their Olympic lifting and their squat bench deadlift and possibly even their accessories. And they're not making appreciable gains in their strength and power. So they're exerting all of this energy, but because they're so fatigued from the aerobic work, they're not making appreciable gains. So in my experience, clinically, CrossFitters retain their strength and power really well for a couple of reasons. One, because the nature of those adaptations is neurological, but also primarily neurological, but also because they're doing a lot of squatting, bending, pushing, and pulling in their Metcons, in their mixed work. So it's not like you're not doing any hard contractions. You are picking up the heavy dumbbell or the heavy sandbag in the Metcon. So you're getting tough contraction volume. It's just blended into your mixed work rather than doing standalone tough contractions and creating all this fatigue for very little benefit because of the concurrent training effect. Okay, another reason to significantly reduce the amount of strength work that you're doing if you're a conditioning biased athlete is you can wire the CNS up pretty well within two to three weeks. So you don't need very much time to switch your CNS back on and regain the strength and power expression of your lifetime best in a very, very short mesocycle of two to three weeks. So. That could be during your intensification period. It could be during your pre-competition period, which is what I recommend for conditioning biased athletes. 
very close to the competition and you'll turn the intensity up and you'll often see you're able to replicate or even slightly improve upon your best ever strength and power performance. And so that's what I recommend guys with regards to your strength and power work. Doing more than that is fine. I've just found that you don't make appreciable gains either way. So if you're not gonna make appreciable gains either way due to the amount of aerobic work that you're doing, you might as well direct that energy towards your top training priorities, which are fast aerobics number one. As far as accessory work, you're gonna keep it also minimal. It's gonna be between zero and six sets per muscle group per week, and less and less the closer you are to competing. Finally, a word about upper body muscle endurance. So upper body muscle endurance doesn't in seem to interfere nearly as much with conditioning adaptations as, uh, actually I said that wrong. So upper body muscle endurance is a training priority that marries really well with conditioning. So you can prioritize upper body muscle endurance while you're doing a lot of conditioning volume and still see appreciable gains in your upper body muscle endurance. Just keep the main thing, the main thing. So if fast aerobics is your priority, which if you're a conditioning biased athlete, that's, that it definitely is, then train it as often as possible and as fresh as possible. Okay guys, so to review, once you have the body, the lean body mass specifically, and the strength to handle the loads of the sport, then the sport really, really values fast aerobics and separates the individuals who got in by being strong enough based upon their fast aerobic ability. 80% fast aerobics, average length of the event is 12 minutes and about 300 contractions inside of that 12 minutes. So once you're strong enough, it makes sense to de-emphasize strength and power and emphasize conditioning as your top training priority. You're going to retain your strength and power, don't worry, because those adaptations are mainly neurological. So you're gonna retain them really well and you can switch them back on within two to three weeks when you really need that. Okay guys, so thanks for listening. If you have any questions, you can send me a DM at Paul B. Weber on Instagram. Please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast if you're listening. Thanks for being here and I'll see you guys in the next one.